0: You were made for more than the status quo. I'm Pastor Steve Gray, and this is the More Faith, More Life podcast. This podcast is for Christians with an ambitious heart who want to be more for their family, do more with their career, and see more of God's promises in their life. I've spent many years as a worship artist, minister, nonprofit leader, bold truth speaker, and most importantly, father and spouse. When I was in my early 40s, I was craving more, more from God and more from life. I'd done everything I was supposed to do. My life was good, but it wasn't good enough. So I spent the following years diving into the Word of God and searching for the biblical principles that would bring me closer to God and help my purpose and life flourish. That's what I want to share with you. In every episode, you'll get practical tools based on real life experiences that you can put into action to redefine your faith and ultimately your life. So. If you're ready to do more, subscribe to More Faith, More Life, and hear an unfiltered biblical truth every week. It's time to be and experience more. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another More Faith, More Life podcast. I'm your host, Steve Gray, and today I brought along my sidekick, my wife, Kathy Gray. Say hello. Hello there. I'm his
1: sidekick. Yes, I am.
0: And I brought her along, uh, especially for today, because we have our guest, Catherine Mullins, with us. And I thought having us three together, say hello, Catherine.
2: Hello, everyone. So good to be with you guys.
0: Yeah, so I thought it'd be yeah. better, the three of us, and you could join in, and we'll just have a conversation good. today yeah. uh, about uh, her ministry, what God's doing, all the thoughts like that. So let me back up for everybody and go back parts of your life, which I don't know. Uh, when you were growing up, you grew up in the church, you're a pastor's kid, and somehow you move from a pastor's kid now to your own ministry Uh, as a worship leader and traveling, and then eventually into pastoring yourself. So back us up wherever you'd like to back up uh, of where you got the idea and what was your childhood like and um, how you got the idea you wanted to be a worship leader. Yeah.
2: Well, all great questions, Um, great places to start. So yeah, we'll just back up kind of to the semi-beginning, exactly what you said. the a pastor's kid, I grew up in a really healthy environment. And I think um, one of the things I'm so concerned about with just the trajectory of our nation right now is is the innocence that's being taken away from kids yep. and um, I think there's definitely a balance when it comes to sheltering your children but I, I would almost say you can't over shelter them you know right. and um, so I grew up in that type of environment it wasn't saying that I wasn't aware of the issues and, and things like that but I learned about them in a healthy sheltered environment. And my parents really did a great job of addressing those issues and giving me answers and solutions of just kind of how to walk out my faith, you know, with some of the, the different issues that were kind of uh, beginning to surface in our nation, et cetera. Um, whether it was abortion, whether it was the LGBTQ agenda, all these different things that were are really just in our face right now. Um, so I, th- I, if anybody's listening to this, I would say shelter your kids. It's a great thing. Don't be afraid of, of making sure that you know what, what's on their phone, you know, what movies they're watching their friends. Don't be afraid to say, no, they can't spend the night at that person's house. So I'm all for Mm -hmm. that. And then trust, trust your gut with the leading of the Holy spirit on how to raise your children with that. Cause it's a really, really big deal. And they'll give you the, I know that you guys know that they'll give you the red flags that you need to kind of watch out for. Um, and so from there, yeah. So I, I grew up in a really great peaceful environment. Um, And I think it's interesting when, when people usually look at their lives, sometimes even early on as a child, we pretend to be who we were meant to be, you know? And I think it's really sometimes important to kind of pay attention to those dreams that are in our hearts early on. Of course, that's not everybody's story, but at least that was, that was my story. Um, I always wanted to sing. I always wanted to lead worship. I would get Hosanna praise tapes for those of you who remember tapes
1: oh yes we we do remember Catherine
2: (laughs) all of the things um so I would get a Hosanna praise tape every month and I would memorize all of the songs and I'd have my hair brushed in my bedroom and I would just be running all over the place leading worship and little did I know God had planted that dream in my heart you know from a very early age to eventually lead worship and uh and so from there you know being a pastor's kid you just kind of get thrown in the deep end and you do whatever's needed and they needed background vocalists. And so I started singing and, and whatnot. And then that moved eventually to them needing worship leaders. And they threw me in the deep end there. And so really at an early age, the Lord stoked the fire of me Feeling called to uh, worship leading.
0: Yeah, I like it when you brought up about children and raising kids. We all, I was just on a Facebook Live and I said the same thing. I was talking about public school. And if you have any questions about it, take find a way to put them somewhere else, private school, mm-hmm. home school parochial school, whatever, if you have those questions, because Kathy and I, we've taught in the public school, so we're not anti-public school. But uh, I remember when uh, Bobby, our daughter Bobby was in teenage, early teenage years, even back then. And she came to me one time when we were talking about school activities or boys or something. And she did the classic line. Well, dad, don't you trust me? And I said, trust you? of course I don't trust you. I don't even trust myself. (laughs) And that settled it. I said, I don't trust myself even. You got to be careful uh, with the world.
2: Well, even, uh, you know, I was, I remember seeing somebody post recently and he was talking, uh, a minister was talking about cell phones. And I think we have this reality that we say our kids wouldn't do that. You know, those kids would do that. They would do that. But my kids would never Mm-hmm. And I think we have to understand that when when we have a cell phone in our hands, you know, and there's no accountability, mm-hmm. we're just opening up our children, especially to so many demonic strongholds. And so, I mean, some people are saying now, don't even give your kids cell phones at certain ages yeah. just because it's gotten so bad. But we need to recognize yeah. the spiritual battle that we're in and do whatever's needed. You know, it's more about, it's more about being stable in the kingdom than popular in the world. And That's right. yeah. you remember that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I'm seeing right now among parents, they're, they're like, falling into what's happening in the world system. And they're saying, well, I don't know. Maybe my child already did decide when they were in the womb what their gender was. And I mean, these are Christian people. You know, well, maybe I should let my kid, I maybe should let my kid just choose, just decide. And, you know, not only should they decide if they want to go to church and be a Christian, but now maybe I ought to let them, I, I need them to love me. Maybe I should just let them, decide their gender. And I'm saying parents, Christian parents, wake up. You're, you're giving kids to protect them and not to throw them out, not to throw them out in the lions, out to the lions at all.
2: Absolutely. I think it's misplaced compassion and the enemy is manipulating people's compassion. And so we have good intentions and parents, obviously they want to love their kids. And I think what you said, you know, parents be parents, it's yeah. not even about being right. your, your child's friend, although that's a yeah. beautiful part of, of the process and different seasons of life. My mom's my best friend now, but she was a parent when she needed to be a parent. And I think mm-hmm. we're almost unintentionally forcing kids to make adult decisions that the decisions that the parents actually need to start making. You know, and, and it, it's, it's, it's shocking to me. I mean, I was a, um, a tomboy growing up, I have two older brothers, so I loved kind of dressing like my brothers, and I loved playing sports and things like that, and, and now I'm super girly, but back then, if, if what was going on now was going on back, on back then in society, people would have said, well, maybe you are actually a boy, you know, right. and it, yeah. it's not that at all.
0: Right. Yeah. So tell us when you, so you're, you were singing in church, uh, back up and all that. When did it switch over or you start, when did you sing your first song or, you, or by yourself or whatever? Can you remember that? Or?
2: So my first solo, uh, believe it or not, was in the third grade. I sang, Sing Your Praise to the Lord by Amy Grant. Oh yeah. And another thing with parenting, I think it's important. Yeah, I know that we're kind of, it's an interesting direction that we're going, but I'm feeling yeah. it. Yeah. My mom picked up on what God was calling me to at a very early age. And so she really started kind of pushing that she wasn't super rude about it, but she was pretty diligent and pretty militant about kind of saying, okay, do you want to do this solo and, and really sewing into my gifting with voice lessons and, and choir and different things like that. So it started at a really early age, around third grade.
0: Yeah. So then did you, what happened after that? It just stayed in the church, but somewhere along the line, you start thinking about what you do next after graduation and, what you're going to do. Everybody asks, what are you going to do with your life?
2: That's, that's the question, I guess, at that age. So I, I actually went to uh, college for business and I have a uh, organizational leadership, bachelor's in organizational leadership. And it was my junior year of college. My mom actually got a prophetic word and she said, Catherine, I really feel like you're going to be taking a break from school and traveling the world, you know, and I just, I had no open door or anything. So that was a pretty bold statement. Who tells their kids to take a break from college? (laughs) You know, it's like not really, unless it's the Lord, it's irresponsible, you know? And, um, there was an event called the Lakeland outpouring that ended up breaking out. And I got connected with Roy Fields, who you guys know and love. I think he, I think he was on your podcast a little while ago. That's right. And, um, So anyways, I started traveling, and so I guess that was the shift, is I was planning on just doing a business degree, and if the Lord wanted to open doors for full-time ministry, I was open to that. But I didn't really have any openings, and the Lord really just opened the door, and I ended up walking through.
0: What about those listening? Okay, so you started traveling, but somehow you had to have a a band or tracks or music or something (laughs) or a piano player. How did you put that together so that you – I mean, because – you like to move around and sing, but somebody's got to back you up. How did you do that in case somebody else is thinking I'd like to do that too?
2: Yeah. Great question. So initially we just made sure all of the bands were very informed with my music. So we did a lot of communication beforehand. So, so this is what we do. If we're not bringing a band with us and we're working with the church musicians like at your church, you guys have great musicians, so we don't really need to bring a band. Right. Um, so we make sure that we send them all the songs in advance. We send them a, a planning center request, and um, so yeah, so they're going to have all the material within plenty of time. And then we also, we also use um, music tracks and stems in our sets just to kind of really beef up the sound. Right. And of course, I travel right now with a music director, which is my husband who right. so directs the band. But if I'm not going to have a band director, then I'm just going to make sure their team is very much um, in the know and knowledgeable before we ever even get there.
0: What about writing songs? Because you mentioned your music. So Um, I don't know when you started, started, you did other people's music probably, or, but you did your own music too. When did you start writing and how did that take place?
2: I started writing at a pretty young age. And then I think I took it more seriously in my twenties. And so the thing that was so bizarre, I was in, I was in school, I was starting to dream about worship leading, but I didn't really tell anybody that. And I was, I think I was in a Bible class actually. And one of my friends looked over at me and he said, Catherine, if anything could happen, to you right now in life, what would you want it to be? And I don't know why I said this, but I said, I would like this guy named Josh Fisher. He's a, the Jesus culture drummer and he lived in our area and he was a producer. So I would love Josh Fisher to call me and say, Hey, let's do an album together. And I said that out loud and I kid you not within three to five hours later, I had a missed call on my cell phone from Josh Fisher, who I knew, but I hadn't talked to in years. And he said, Hey Catherine, he said, give me a call. He said, I really feel like we need to make an album. Which is so amazing that Jesus hears our conversations because yeah. yeah. that guy didn't do anything. He didn't even know Josh Fisher. The Lord hears our conversations. And so, just with this doing an album, it really uh, put the pressure on me to start writing and taking it seriously. And so, I think out of that, that moment was kind of when I started taking songwriting to the next level and taking it seriously.
0: Yeah. And Kathy, I'm so glad you're yeah. with us too because you've been in that position where you were a grown up and you had to change yes. your thinking about lead cuz we you oh, yeah. were a worship leader without wanting to be one never wanted to be one probably no. but you ended up being one at our church so we,
1: well you know i always thought i still do i think of myself not as a singer but as a worshipper and then as a worship leader to to help draw other people into the presence of the lord so when we first started out in the ministry it was a singing ministry and i was probably the most insecure person in the whole group because my sisters-in-law were traveling with us and they had these beautiful college-trained voices. And I just had this voice that was exuberant for God. But you know what? I We listened to a tape uh, where I sang a solo like many years ago. And, <laughs> and I said, Steve, who's that singing? And he said, that's you and you sound really good. So I guess I wasn't that, you know, I guess I wasn't that bad. But then as we moved into deeper into our traveling ministry from church to church to church, Steve started telling me, you need to start leading a worship song during this. And then when we started our, our church out in the country, it was just him and me. He played on a little keyboard thing, you know, and he told me, you're going to have to lead the worship. And, and Catherine, I know this, the same is for you. Being a woman and leading worship Jesus loves it, but the enemy doesn't love it. He doesn't love women who rise in leadership, and he doesn't love worship. So I spent a, I spent a number of years, I, I admit it, I spent a number of years intimidated and just pulling way back until one time I I heard the Lord say to me, Kathy, this time when you're leading worship, intimidate the intimidator. Yes. <laughs> and you know what? I just walked out of off the stage and among the people, and I broke the power of that thing, that intimidator, that hated worship and hated women leading worship, and I I broke it. So that's really my big dramatic testimony of how I finally realized I, I can lead people in worship. I can make a joyful noise. Maybe I can't do it like Catherine can, but <laughs> I know there's many many women out there. You know I encourage them. Break that intimidator. Did you ever have to deal with that kind of stuff?
2: Well, I love Jesus's ministry and we see it all throughout his time on the earth that he was one of the greatest women liberators of all time. Right. He was always defending women. And so I think one of the big things is, is we don't have to be our defender. The Lord will raise up voices to defend us. And Jesus is, Jesus is the greatest defender with that. And my dad always said, you know, let us defend you and you just keep doing what you're called to do. And so I think I've just made a decision and it's, it's been to me a peaceful decision and it seems to have worked is I just keep my eyes on Jesus. And I believe that if there's this, this giant of intimidation coming against me and, and the voices of women in the room, um, we believe giants were meant to fall. And so it's not a matter of if this battle is going to be won; it's already been won, And it's a matter of when we're going to see that fruit. And so we're, we're contending and believing for that fullness to be established on the earth but uh, jesus is the greatest defender so we just keep moving forward and trust that he's going to break, break through
0: amen <laughs> did you find when you started then out uh and you you weren't married when you started so you had to start out on your own so to speak um that i i suppose uh the lakeland that happened down there when like you mentioned roy fields could have been a help to connect you with certain people that you could go to their churches maybe, but what would you say, like some of the people, they don't know what to do. They want to sing, they want to minister, they think they're good, you know, so they're good to do it, but they don't know what, what did you do next? How did you let a church know that you wanted to come?
2: You know, I, this is a a hard thing because I think the Lord gives different people different strategy. And so for me, by God's grace, I never really had to ask. It just, people started getting my phone number. I did create a website. People would just go to my website after the Lakeland outpouring and they just started inviting me that way. And I just had an email thing that said, if you'd like to bring me out, click here, you know, and we started connecting that way. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I think there's a strategy and again, it could be different per person. So we've got to pray about it and see what the Lord's saying. Uh, sometimes it can be just reaching out to people in the area But I, you know, it could be, obviously I do think getting a website, getting social media, those are the kind of practical things that you can do. Um, But I also think taking every opportunity that you're given because it's so important. It doesn't matter if you're singing in front of five people, when you're singing in front of five people and learning to minister in front of five people, that's going to train you how to sing and lead in front of thousands of people. It's the same type of concept. And so I always tell people take every opportunity and steward it well Pray about the direction that God has for you. But then we also have to remember that it's the Lord that opens doors. And I think sometimes we want to we want st- to start things in the flesh. And those things that we start in the flesh, we're going to have to finish in the flesh. And we just have to, to some degree, trust the Lord that he's going to open the right doors at the right time while we're stewarding our gifting. That makes sense. Yes.
0: Yeah. And sometimes yeah. I think that's a key. If, if nothing's opening uh, would kind of mean nobody wants to hear you. I mean, you know, you got to have some talent and get the backup people. People sometimes are the answer, or I meet people who they want to preach and they want to teach and that, but nobody wants to hear them, so they have to get, you know, probably have to develop a message. If you if people if you have something for people, they're going to want to hear you. So that's developing that character where you take on your personality or or your message or you have really something to say. I try to tell them, I said, have some. You need something to say. What do you What yeah. do you believe? What's What's happening with you? You know. Wow. So uh, Okay. So you did that and you got going. I, I, I'm like, I'm glad to hear that because you know how Lakeland kind of bombed out and that people that don't know don't care. But those that know will know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the fruit of it lasted in that Roy got his ministry based out of that and you picked up and it influenced your ministry. So you mm-hmm. could go forth out of that. So, you know, that's great. And probably others. God uses so many things to get others started. So it wasn't really a bomb out at all. You know, it really started other ministries that are still going today like that. So, and then you got married. Uh, I don't know how that happened. I don't know how, when you met, I don't know how you met David or whatever. And uh, so he
1: told me his testimony once, then I believe Steve, he saw her and it was love at first sight for him, (laughs) but uh, she tested him. Is that right? Did you test him for a while?
2: Yes, and so he loved me from the very beginning, and he, ma- we make jokes. We saw an Ashley Furniture sign, this was years ago, that said, like, five years, no interest. And he no. said, oh, hey, Catherine, kind of like our relationship.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: he liked me the very beginning, and I was just, honestly, I was in my own world doing ministry. was not really focused on that. And uh, long story short, we met at m- my dad's church, which is the church that we're at now, and I'm so thankful for that. But David really fought for me, and I'm so glad that he did. We've been married now, coming up on nine years in November. So oh, I'm thankful. I,
0: yeah, I kind of remember when you got married, and just doesn't oh seem that long ago.
2: I know it's shocking. I mean, I'm shocked that it's been nine years.
0: Yeah. So before we go, then, and we're we're gonna hopefully do another podcast with you. But before we go, we talked about parents and children. Mm-hmm. What about uh, girls? teenage girls, college age, young adults. Uh, there are a lot of directionless. A lot of them feel bad about themselves and don't mm. know why. Got any words for them or what do you say when you go places? Because I know you must speak into their lives.
2: Yeah, I think the big thing is to understand that our identity comes from Christ. And there's a, there's a book out there that says uh, you're not enough and that's okay. And I think right now we're teaching a generation that they are enough. But that's just not true. Outside of Christ, we will never be enough. But in Christ, he has made us enough because he's enough. And so I think identity is a really, really big deal. And when we we get our relationship right with Christ, and when we get that established where we can hear his voice and he really begins to guide and direct our steps and his opinion really becomes the main opinion that matters in our life, that changes our outlook on life. That changes our um, outlook on the decisions that we make that changes our outlook on our own opinion of ourselves. And so I would just tell a generation, um, you know, don't, don't go looking for love quote unquote in all the wrong places. We've got to go back to the secret place of getting to know Jesus again and having our identity grounded in him. And it's, it's kind of cliche, but you know, truth isn't going to change. And we've got to get back to some of those ancient paths of identity founded in Jesus. Right. Yes. Yes.
0: Well, we're so glad we could be together today because we're going to do another one. I can't wait the next one because I want to talk to you about your life is sort of in transition now because you're doing what you've been doing, but you're also focusing on the church that you're going to be uh, actively taking part of uh, as a leader. And we're going to get into what's going on with you that and what do you think and how's it feel and all that kind of stuff on their next podcast. We're so glad you joined us today on More Faith, More Life. Go to our website, morefaithmorelife.com, and there you can find out about products and you can donate and do all those kinds of things. So till next time, bye-bye.